I'm Zack Snyder. And I'm Aiden Matthews. And welcome back to another YouTube podcast, the one-stop shop for everything and anything related to YouTube. Episode 8. Episode 8. And your boy forgot to do test recordings again. <laughs> Last time. Strike 2. Strike 2. So Strike 2. From this point onwards, I'm going to do test recordings like five times before we even start recording. <laughs> Just to be 100% sure, there are no issues. That way it's not my fault, and then if it does happen, then I can just be like, okay, Bandicam, you're being disowned. I want my money back. You actually pay for Bandicam? I did. I didn't yeah. Wow. Because it was like a free trial with like the unregistered bullshit on it or something, which I guess I could mm-hmm. edit out now that I think about it, but... Sure. Um, no, I, I downloaded Bandicam last year around this time and absolutely loved it because it could separate audio and mm-hmm. I didn't have any issues with um, with frame rate problems. So like I could let's play games that I wasn't able to let's play on my laptop. And then once I got this desktop, it just ended up being even better. <laughs> so... It was great. And now here we are. And here we are. Uh, it's caused me problems in the last like three weeks. But anyways, this week we're going to be talking about quality versus quantity. Probably the biggest debacle in the YouTube atmosphere of all time. It's one of the biggest debates and it's one that's uh, lasted for a pretty long time. I think right around when YouTube started getting serious for people this question sort of entered the forefront of conversation and it never really left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that. I realized last time we forgot to, or I forgot to, I guess, mention that the topic at the beginning of the episode, even though we put it in the title, I think it's still cool to, to mention it just so everybody knows. Get you hyped. But yeah. So, but let's begin with our week on YouTube trademark and we can Ooh. start with you. Okay. So this is actually a little bit more than a week because it's covering Thanksgiving and a couple other weeks afterwards. Really two weeks. Just to let you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's December now. So yeah. you know, we have we have left the month of November. And mine is actually relatively short. And I know I say that on some of these segments and then it ends up being like thirty <laughs> minutes. So I'm gonna try to actually keep it short. Um, but not a whole lot happened Thanksgiving week, mainly because I was helping my grandparents move. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a long process. Lost a lot of sleep, moved a lot of things, didn't get a lot of videos done oh, as I far bet. as that was concerned. But the good thing, I managed to get a 4K TV out of it because my granddad literally had it sitting around in his hallway for like a year. Never been opened. Nothing to do with it. And I'm like, hey, I helped you move. Maybe I can <laughs> get that TV because I didn't get it for my birthday and I'm probably not going to get it for Christmas. So I figured, hey, shot in the dark. Let's ask. And he was like, sure, you can have it. I'm like, cool. It's pretty But then became the problem of putting it in my setup. <laughs> now, granted, I did have a TV on my desk, uh, but it was a lot smaller. Like, this one's roughly 45 inches, and my last one was, like, anywhere from 20 to 30. So my desk didn't have enough space. And I'm like, hmm, what if I moved my desk over to the corner? Pretty easy move. But my problem was my couch was there. So I'm like, what if I move my couch out of the way? Oh, but then the bed's there. Several <laughs> hours go by, and I've essentially rearranged my entire room, all the cords. Everything is now in a different spot now. 
And, uh, yeah, basically where I'm at now is, uh, I have a 4K TV, my three monitors, um, the TV being one of them. One of the monitors is sitting on the desk, the other one is off to the side on a little stand. And probably the coolest thing is I got rid of my computer chairs and replaced it with the actual couch of Blue Couch Productions, my yeah. YouTube channel. So I've been using that now for a couple of days for both gaming and recording things. Still kind of working out the setup a little bit. I don't know how I'm going to stream on it, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been nice, a lot of fun. Nice. I'm glad to be back now. Um, I got a couple more parts of Ultra Slun done. I finished my Dark Souls LP, finally. I feel like we've been <laughs> talking about that for several times. Or maybe not. Maybe not on the podcast. But it's done now. Which is uh, good. Yeah. And uh, I'm back and ready to go. I'm all focused on 2018 now, really. I don't care too much about December because I just have to finish one game. Fair. The fair. drive and the focus is now 100% 2018. But yeah, it's been my week on YouTube. Kept it relatively short. A lot of period of time. I uh, didn't get a whole not- lot of knowledge, but uh, I have things set up for 2018. And you know what? That feels good. So I'm, uh, I'm going to throw it over to you. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so you got some ROI positivity out of that TV, which is pretty cool. <laughs> not a bad TV either. It's from an unknown brand higher, but uh, it looks yeah, pretty good. But pretty it's good. 4K, so you're already, right. you're, you're already one-upping me there. So <laughs> I'm ready for 4K, everybody. The revolution is coming. Hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, so my week on YouTube trademark, really last couple weeks, uh, we went through Thanksgiving. And I the, actually, the week of Thanksgiving was very productive for me. I tried some new stuff. Um, I think the last time I mentioned trying something new was the Sonic. Why is Sonic so polarizing video essay thing? And Mm -hmm. at the time, that was my highest viewed video at 120 views. Pretty crazy. On this channel, right? So pretty crazy because it was everything else had been like under 50 views. um, Most of them even under 20 um, and then I did the Batman versus Superman recap uh, about a week later because I had like some school and everything getting in the way. And then a few days later, I was like, okay, I really need to start uploading these videos a little more, you know, a little bit more. Uh, so for the last week or last like eight days, I really have been getting a video on a day, which has been great, except for mm-hmm. I had a little procrastination with my Wonder Woman recap didn't know I could end up procrastinating watching a movie, but that happened. You figured out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then the fact that we had to re-record this podcast also screwed me up over a day. But um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stress over it because I've got that uploading tonight and then we have this gonna go up tomorrow and then I'll be back on track. But and then on my gaming channel I've been uploading things more frequently, which is nice. But what's really cool is that since I have been trying out some new things, we had um, the net neutrality issue come about again. Still a pretty big issue. Still a pretty big issue. Everybody's talking about it. If you haven't heard of net neutrality, I got, I'll got i go ahead and put that video in the description. But uploaded that a couple days before Thanksgiving. It was uh, about three minutes and 30 seconds. Had me a, had a little skit, uh, just in showing what the future of the internet is without neutrality, net neutrality, and at this moment, it's got twenty seven hundred views. There you go. So <laughs> that that's pretty insane because it's while I've had like some videos do really well on Speaking Games and like the couple thousands, they've always been throwaway videos, memes, or just. 
I, I have no idea why the hell this video got that many views, but for this one, I actually worked hard on it, and it's really cool to see that. Well, there's a story attached to it, too. On there is. Kind of, I, I marketed it a little bit, which yeah. is very, very interesting. Took a page out of my book a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so um, one of my favorite YouTubers and streamers, Boogie2988, was streaming the night that I just got this video done. I had uploaded it, and I was watching him, and I was like, hey... He is for net neutrality, as is every other creator on the planet. <laughs> let True. me let me spend ten dollars. It's been a while since I've donated to the guy. Um, I just got my sub back from him on it on Twitch. I was like, let me give him a ten dollar donation. Uh, ask him how he's been, and then put at the end of the donation, "Hey, I know that you want to spread net neutrality as much as everybody else. Would you mind watching this video on stream?" So I'm thinking. Either he'll ignore it or he'll at least watch it and that'll give people the message that I wanted to, you know, I wanted everybody to see. Don't really care too much about the views. I just want people to know the message, of course, right? Right. So he he clicks on the video. He's like, oh, I'll check it out. He clicks on it and then he's like, oh, I can't really watch it on stream because I've had issues in the past of watching something else that I've never seen before. And that could have like some kind of issues with Twitch. So I was like, okay, that's fine. But he's like, but I will put the link in the the comment section or the, you know, the chat section. And he did that. And within like a minute, I had over a hundred views, which is really <laughs> cool. <laughs> Very cool. And I think because that video got, because with the watch time, <clears throat> excuse me, because of watch time being so important and getting as much of that in the first hour of the video being uploaded, being super important. Um, I think because I got that amount of views within the first 30 minutes of the video being uploaded. I think that has like helped the SEO a little bit. And so that's probably why it's still gaining some traction, which is cool. And so, yeah, that, uh, that video did really well. It was awesome. It kind of helps too, that it's like a pretty good cause as well. So out of any of your videos exactly. to blow up, having it be one dealing with net neutrality is kind of like a bonus. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Cause if it was anything else, I'd be like, Oh, that's really cool. But the fact that this one is, such an important thing. I'm glad that it did blow up a little bit. It's special. It's special. Mm -hmm. And then Thanksgiving Black Friday came around, had this idea for a video about Black Friday and what I ended up picking up from GameStop. And then I decided to add some Twitter jokes that I had done on Thanksgiving and with that video and it's done okay. And I'm glad that it got more views than I thought it was going to get. And then um, I'm finishing up this just road to justice league event that should have been done a month ago and <laughs> uh had some other cool videos come out over the last few days that haven't done too bad so it's been a good week it's a good week good week and a half nice so I'm productive excited. chunk yeah i'm ex I'm excited to see how the rest of the month is going to go because i'm reviewing some star wars movies and the new Star Wars movie is coming out. I've got some other big projects that I'm working on. And then 2018, I'm getting that. I'm getting ready for that. Yep. Yeah, 2018 is, is. going to be crazy. <laughs> Not yeah. only for both of our YouTube stuff, but just even this podcast in general is going to get affected by it one way or another, you know? Yeah. Because what's... I feel like... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. No, you. What's, what's <laughs> cool about this podcast is the fact that you're hearing not only these big topics that everybody else talks about that we think is important, but you're hearing YouTube channels growing 
along like you're seeing our channels grow alongside the podcast you're hearing the biggest debates that are happening in the current time about youtube and creating stuff and i think that's going to be really cool for us in the future to be able to look back at this and see where we were at this Mm -hmm. point because i think we'll always be grounded in that oh we were also small at one point you know exactly that's i think it'll be a nice little thing to look back on Mm. uh Shoot, what was I going to say? Oh, no. No, don't forget. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't forget. Oh, I remember. Um, For YouTubers, it's kind of like, you know how a lot of people have New Year's resolutions, you know, like, this is the year I'm finally going to get healthier. This is the year <laughs> where I'm finally going to be productive or whatever. Mm-hmm. For YouTubers, it's like, here's what I did last year, all this other stuff. How can I, like, 10x it next year, right? Exactly. So it always feels like, it's opening a new chapter in a book or, or starting a new adventure. Like the new year is very exciting, especially uh, when you have a year like 2017 that can feel very draining and very long and very like, Oh, and this is going to end. <laughs> and now we're finally at the end of it and it's back to square one a little bit and mm-hmm. it's back to basics and stuff. And, you know, setting goals is also kind of fun too. So I think part of my it hype is. for 2018 is just being like, Oh, I'm going to do all this and this and this. And even if none of those things come to fruition, um, some of them will, and I'll be happy for that. And if I can outdo what I did in 2017, then that's even better in my opinion. So Fair. it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. I, I think one big thing that I'm super excited about in, in 2018 is that 2017 was such a big year for me. Mm-hmm. And, and in a lot of ways that I kind of forgot until I took some took some time recently to kind of reflect on the past year but i've i've done a decent amount of growth as not only the youtube channel but as a creator and just figuring out what i can and cannot do and knowing that i can do even more if i get my time management right so i'm excited to see how all that's going to you know play out in 2018 when i finally figure out other things about myself and go from there Especially that that magical second half of the year, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> where certain certain unknown things might uh, come into play and really change things. things up. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be a lot of like there's a lot of planning that's going into 2018 right now, but then there's also going to be a lot of uncertainty in the best way possible at the end sure. of the year, and I'm excited sure. for that as well. The surprises are half the fun. Exactly. Or if you hate surprises, then I guess uh, they're the worst. Well, but you can't control it, so that's that's my outlook. Is like you can't really control what's gonna come ahead in 2018. You just kind of have right. to either accept the victory or deal with the loss. And you know, if you can't really do that, then well, exactly. <laughs> maybe you should have picked a different thing because uh, yeah, <laughs> YouTube's all about losing constantly with little bits of success here and there. Exactly. Exactly. But anyways, uh, nice, nice nice little short segment. Short, sweet to the point. It's been a good, it's been a good couple weeks. And uh, like I said, I'm still excited for the, for the future. But anyways, let's get back, get right into that, uh, that main topic. Quality versus quantity. Which one's better? We got to find out. We got to find out everybody. (laughs) Find out next time on this episode. This debate has been going on for so long. Well, you know what? This podcast, we're going to put into it right now. Mm-hmm. That's how qualified we are. <laughs> we're uh, rated. Yeah, something like that, right? Deal with the whole thing 
right now in, mm-hmm. in less than an hour. You know, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna fix YouTube. We're gonna fix YouTube. We're gonna fix YouTube. There we go. Maybe that should so, be the tagline of the episode of the series. Oh yeah, <laughs> fixing YouTube <laughs> one step at a time. That'd be wonderful. That's a perfect name, right? But uh. For those who are unaware, who maybe have not have heard of this debate before, can you quickly explain, like, what is the, the quality versus quantity debate, at least in terms mm-hmm. of, of YouTube? Because I'm sure in other platforms, it's a totally different thing. But uh, right. in a YouTube sense, what is quality versus quantity? So, basically, back in the day when YouTube first started, uh, people uploaded videos of them on camera by anything and everything, and it was kind of seen as just a very nonchalant hobby like anything anybody put on here was a hobby and so quality quantity didn't really play a big part of the entire youtube website at all it was just people made videos because they wanted to and that was part of the magic of youtube and then as the years came by about 20 about 2007 2008 certain channels began to get bigger and then they realized we can make money off of this And so as these channels got bigger, they started bringing more quality to their channels. They were investing in good cameras, stuff that only filmmakers or high, high, you know, big photographers were doing back in the day. They started, you know, getting better quality equipment in general. They were putting more effort into their videos. And as certain channels continued to up their quality, more people started being inspired by these people to create their own channels. And then you kind of had this entire, you know, circle of life per se with, with YouTube, more people wanted to get into it. More people were doing really good and they began to make more higher quality videos. Well, it got to the point where YouTube started valuing like or not likes, but um, views and watch time more so than just uh more so than what they had in the past right right it was it was very much youtube started going towards a quantity um appreciated website so we get to around 2012 and people are making let's play channels more frequently people are making daily vlogs more frequently reaction videos even later on People were making videos every single day because the YouTube algorithm wanted videos every single day. More and, content for its viewers to watch, to take right. time away from things like Netflix and, and the like. Exactly. And so we ended up having this debate, and I, I personally heard it around 2012 as well, where you, as a creator, you should be focusing on one or the other quality or quantity more often than not you'd hear quality is better than quantity you'd hear you should put more time into your videos you should make sure that they're more polished don't shit out videos frequently um but then as the platform has changed as creators have changed it's kind of up in the air about which one is better in the uh in the grand scheme of things because like you have channels like the fine brothers where they have a video or two videos come out every single day on their multiple channels. And they're obviously doing well with that. And then you have channels like JonTron, who's putting out a video once a month or even once every few months and they're higher quality content. So we're at this point now where we really have to question ourselves, especially in 2017 going to 2018, 
what's what's the deal quality or quantity right do you spend more time working on your videos and making sure that when they release they're going to be remembered and that you're going to be proud of them and all this sort of stuff or are you going to go a different approach and focus on how many videos you're making the quantity of them do you try to put out so much stuff that eventually one of those darts that you throw out is going to eventually hit a bullseye right Mm -hmm. not all of them are going to be successful but one of them will be and the thing is youtube has preferred one of them in in one era and then sometimes will completely flip its script and go the other way Mm -hmm. to the point now we're like you know you're not really sure YouTube could change it up tomorrow and be like, yeah, we're going to be focusing more on quality and sometimes they'll focus more on quantity. So it's tough for creators to be like, okay, well, I can't keep flip-flopping between approaches usually. It's very hard to get a balance of both. Hmm. So if I'm having to pick one over the other, which one do I pick? And a lot of people would argue, if you pick one, the other one suffers. So for example, if you pick quality... You're not going to get as many uploads, but if you pick quantity, not all those videos are going to be as good if you would just instead put more time into into one. So hmm. that's sort of the issue here, and that's sort of what we're going to get into as far as like how each one is handled, what strategies you need to take depending on which one you pick, and ultimately deciding if one is better than the other. Right. So I guess it I guess let's start off with in your opinion right off the bat or maybe even how have you handled this this in the past? What do you think is the better better route to take here? Well, it's interesting for me because I think it's different depending on where you're at in terms mm-hmm. of YouTube, how much experience you've had, how much time you've had on the platform where your channel is at even, and how it's growing. So if you're a young channel or a new channel just starting out, in my opinion, using a more quantity-favored strategy helps you out a whole lot more because you're an unknown channel. Nobody notices you. If you spend all your time working on these videos, there's a very good chance no one is going to watch it unless you're like some master of SEO and marketing. Right. So instead, (laughs) why not get a bunch of videos out and then as you're doing that, improve, learn new techniques, because if you're new, chances are you're not amazing at YouTube. So you're putting out more videos, you're learning, you're learning how to market, how to edit, how to film, how to do SEO, all that sort of stuff. And when that one hit does come up, you can shift your focus from there. Obviously, it's a bit different for bigger YouTubers, for people who have been around a long time. For those channels, it really does feel like quality because you have proven yourself and people come to you for a certain type of video and there's expectations Mm. that are put in place. And people are like, look, I don't want just a bunch of quick videos. I want what I came for, which in some channels cases are these really highly produced either skits, comedy videos, uh, news, editorials, analysis, whatever. But the point being, you have to put a lot more work into them now because there's that audience and because there's those expectations. So I think if you're a bigger channel, quality becomes a lot more important and it Mm -hmm. becomes uh, sort of the prominent strategy. Now, I'm not saying 
that all smaller channels should do quantity and all bigger channels should do quality. Obviously, there's exceptions and obviously there's scenarios where those two switch. And there even are channels that try to do a balance of both and end up succeeding. But nine times out of ten, that's the trend I see. Smaller channels focusing on quantity to get big and bigger channels focusing on quality to stay big. Right. I, I definitely agree. And it's... I mean, you see it all the time. A lot of bigger channels now did start off with a lot of videos. And then as they got bigger, they started working, making better videos. And now they're not doing as much as they used to. And it worked really, it's, you know, it's working really well for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think so for me, I absolutely agree. And I think if you're starting a channel today, quantity should be your focus. And I think it's I think it's important for more than people realize, right? Like it's a lot of people are talking about, well, you got to make sure you're putting out quality videos or why are you making videos at all? And then other people are saying, well, you know, you got to put out quality because you want to be able to be seen. And I, I think it's especially if you're just starting out, if this is your first, you know, road to making videos in general then you have to do quantity because if you don't, then you're not going to really figure out how to make good videos in the first place. Because you spend so much time on one project and don't do enough experiencing, learning, tasting, if you will, you know, exactly. You're you're spending all your time on, on one thing. And here's sort of an argument against quality that I'm going to go ahead and bring up now. Quality to many people is subjective. Depending on who's watching your videos, what one person may view as quality, the other one might not, right? If you have an audience that is happy with the current work you're putting in, then regardless of whether people think it's trash or not, you keep posting that because the audience that has grown to watch you expects more of that. And that's what they think is quality. There's so many times I can point back to my YouTube career where like, uh, that video didn't look great, or oh, the audio wasn't great there. And then have people mm-hmm. in my comment section in Discord saying, hey, this is great. You know? Things that I thought were such a big issue. Things that I thought, oh no, the quality's horrible. To others, you know, it's better than what they've seen. And I'm not saying, you know, commenters are stupid or anything like that, but quality is not an objective thing. Or if it is, the definition that everybody has for it seems to flip-flop depending on which channel you're talking about, what genre they're in, stuff like that. Right. It, it's very much a subjective quality versus objective quality issue in terms of quality. Mm-hmm. I think, and this is the route that I like to take it, I think every single one of my videos that I put out should have some kind of quality to them. Whether And it should be quality in the subjective sense, right? This video brings value some way one you know in one way or another my video quality isn't going to be that great because i don't have a good 4k camera you know my audio quality is only going to be as good as the day that it's recorded and the environment that it's recorded and it's not a great mic anyways so i know it's not going to be you know as good as i would like it to be but -hmm. at the end of the day i do feel like that Every single one of my videos brings some kind of value, whether that's entertainment, education, or any other kind of value that I can bring to, you know, to a video that I just haven't thought of yet. And that's why I do 
focus more on quantity because I feel like I've gotten to the point now where I've made enough videos to where I can pump out at least decent videos in terms of in terms of quality fairly decent you know fairly well and <clears throat> that's why I like to say you know especially as you're starting out quantity is such a big thing because I can tell you right now my first 100 videos they're nowhere on the internet anymore because I deleted them because I, I didn't <laughs> like them that much um, right but I mean they're the worst like some of the very worst videos that I, I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's it's amazing to me how far I've gone after those 100 videos. And even in the past year, the amount of videos that I've made this year, I've continued to get better at making quality videos. Mm-hmm. It just took me to actually take the time into making a lot of videos before I could really figure out what my quality video is. You had to know your process before you could improve it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of people just starting out, don't make enough videos to understand their process. So -hmm. they don't know how to improve it. So they try so many different things, wondering what's wrong or what's right. When in actuality is you'll get better by doing and you'll get better by learning. And I think that's where the quantity approach is at its best is when you're posting a lot of videos, sure, and you're getting a lot of stuff out there, but you're gradually improving. You're learning that process. You're learning how to make things better. You do so many things over and over and over and over and over again, you're going to, you know, realize the good and the bad from it eventually, <laughs> regardless of how thick-headed you might be. Eventually, you'll be like, you know what? My webcam really isn't that good, or you know what? My commentary isn't really that great. Maybe I can improve it by getting a better webcam, being a better commentator, maybe adding lighting to the mix. As you continue to do this, you'll improve and get better, right? The goal with the quantity strategy, as I'm calling it, is not to just put little eff- put in no effort and then pump out the same shit for like years and years and years without improving, right? right. Obviously, you're not using the strength of the quantity approach. You have to still try and you have to still improve. I feel like quantity gets the bad rap of being like, oh, then it's just a number game and you don't have to try at all. No, you still have to try and you still have to put an effort, just not quote unquote as much effort as let's say the guy working on a, on a video for like a month. Right. You know, exactly. It's very much a strategy that has to be used with the, with the right intent. You have Mm -hmm. to intend to get better at making videos. That's why you're pumping out more videos it's between intending to get better and intending to try to grow your channel because here's the thing a little surprise like a little amazing thing happens when you've started making more videos you start growing faster than you ever have grown before mm-hmm. it's it's incredible because in 2016 alone through experience I've made almost 600 videos which is insane by the way I'm right. not saying to do 600 videos in a year unless you can do it. Um, but in the in that year, I've also gained almost 200 subscribers on one channel and then 80 subscribers on another channel. So I mean, results don't lie. <laughs> exactly. So it worked and it, it worked in ways that I didn't think it was going to quite work. I just knew that coming into 2017, 
I wanted to be able to make more videos because in the past, when I was putting out more videos, especially the very beginning, I think, um, I think my first year or so, probably even the first like six months, I think I grew to about 60, 80 subscribers within the, that time just for putting out videos. And again, these were shitty videos. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, yeah. Like the, the first hundred videos were not good, but people still watch them and they still subscribe to me even though they weren't good. And I don't know why, maybe they saw potential. Maybe it was because of the way that I ran the community that was around it. Maybe, you know, it could be, be literally any, a, a number of things. Right. But right. at the end of the day, I do think that by me pumping out more videos and I say pumping out, but I continued every single video I made. I was like, how can I try this to make this commentary better? Or how can the editing be better in this one? Um, even in the midst of series, uh, whether it be a Let's Play series or my my reviewing, my recapping series, like every single video that I've made, I've always tried to do just like this one small thing better. Yeah. And it's worked. It's got to be gradual, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I think people often wonder like, oh, how do I grow? And when they hear the term grow, they mean, how do I grow more subscribers and more views? I think there's a perception around that growth comes from numbers. And I think on YouTube, it's not true at all. Where actual growth comes from is from yourself, right? Mm. When you finally post so many videos and understand your process, it allows you to reflect to improve, and then to adapt for all the new changes that come around. That's where a lot of this YouTube growth comes from. It's not like if you just have bad equipment and you post bad videos, suddenly when you hit 200 subscribers, it's all going to magically be better, right? The -hmm. bad quality isn't going to change regardless of how many numbers are attached to it. What actually gets that growth, what actually gets that change, what actually gets the adapting and the improving is from yourself, is by putting in that work, and is by understanding your process and how to improve from it. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, like, most of my growth comes from periods of quote-unquote YouTube inactivity where I'm not even posting stuff at all, and I'm having a chance to look back on what I've done and realized, oh, well, this is something that I can improve. Let me go ahead and do that, right? I didn't have the quote-unquote motivation to do it from a number going up or i didn't have the quote-unquote motivation to do it to get more views it was a very personal thing and it was a mm-hmm. very much almost a pride thing to be like i know i can do better you know i've set myself to such a high standard why not try and improve that way but you know what i never would have came to that introspective moment had i not put out so many videos that i thought at the time were good and then ended up realizing oh well they, they really weren't <laughs> But you, right. but you have to go through that process. You know what I'm saying? You have to, you have to shovel through crap until you finally reach the gold or the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And, and you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, it may not even ever come. It may, it, you know why? Cause it's a constant, you know, I don't want to use the word struggle. Cause I don't think it's a struggle. And I actually very much enjoy the process. It, it's, it's very much just a constant, always growing, always getting better. And one day, I think for for Aiden, for myself, for anybody that 
you know, continues to work hard at what YouTube is, I, I think there's going to be a day where we go on to do something bigger and better and be like, okay, well, we'll now we have to improve at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just going to be, you know, our life. It's always about constantly growing, constantly new, learning new things that can help us and what we want to do. Cause we're not satisfied. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot that's of people, that's exactly what it is. A lot of people get satisfied at numbers. They see, mm-hmm. oh, I've gotten a hundred subscribers. When will I get a thousand? Mm-hmm. I've gotten a thousand. When will I get a hundred thousand? And that amount of not being satisfied is unhealthy because it's something you can't control. Right. But when it's, oh, I'm unsatisfied at the the way the audio sound in this video, look up some YouTube tutorials, get a better microphone at some point, and then you're going to be satisfied at because some point. Because it's something you can actually solve and actually improve. Exactly. And then when it comes to editing, well, how can I edit stuff better? You're going to you're gonna feel satisfied continuously because you're always learning something that's going to make it better. And... Mm-hmm while it's something that you're going to continue to improve on, as long as you continue editing videos, like you're going to always feel satisfied at it. And that's pretty cool. That comes from within. It doesn't Mm -hmm. come from an outside force and it doesn't come from a, a certain fame or popularity, right? If you don't have the will and the desire to do it, then you don't. But Mm -hmm. if you want to improve and have a natural desire to improve, then you will. But that's the quantity approach. It's just putting out enough videos to learn and improve, gather your process, improve upon it. That's that's basically it. Let's right. go ahead and uh, switch gears now and talk about the other side of the coin, quality. Let's talk about quality and what strategy people need to take to truly master the quality side of things, if that's, if that's where their focus is. Right. If... See, it's hard because I'm so much into the quantity side of things now. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think I used to be. So I used to follow the, the the whole quality thing. After I realized that the videos I were putting out weren't that good and I took some reflection, I was looking into, well, how can I make my videos better? And how can they... Back in the day, I was like, how, how can I follow this whole quality approach that everybody else keeps talking about? And a lot of that... A lot of that, if your quality is your, if quality is your goal and that's the approach you want to take without making a lot of videos, right? Mm -hmm. Then I I think what you need to do is kind of step back, look at YouTube and be like, I don't expect to grow at this thing for a while. Sure. I, I think that's number one, honestly. And that sounds kind of crazy. You're like, well, well, that kind of sucks. Why would you say that about, you know, this channel? Or about my channel and how I, I won't be able to grow. I'm not saying you won't be able to grow. There's still possibilities. You can still hit that viral video and then you'll grow. I just think it's so important for you to have that expectation right off the bat so that you won't think, oh, I'm doing poorly and quality is your number one goal at this. Sure. The, the expectation sense. should be... Oh, I'm going to get so much better at this by me putting in that time. The expectation is not. I'm going to be rewarded for it, right? Exactly. There's no leprechaun pot there. I think mm. a big thing if you're focusing on strategy is to get really good during the time when you're not working on your video. And what do I mean by that? 
You want to be marketing mm-hmm. anytime Absolutely. you're working on your video. Mm-hmm. You want to be hyping people up. You want to be sharing things. You want to be doing everything you can when you're not working on, on your big piece because it can be kind of hard to keep momentum when you don't have videos coming out every single day or every single week and you're taking a month to make a video. Well, you can take that month and you can make that video. But one, make sure it's worth the wait and the time. Mm-hmm. And number two, be sure everybody else knows about it before you release it in one way or another. And there's plenty of different ways to build hype and there's plenty of different ways to market it. But what I'm saying is if you're following the quality approach, you need to get really good at time management, especially when you're outside of the creative process. Hmm. I'd also say get better faster or not even that fell faster, fell Mm -hmm. faster. This is one of the biggest things that I've heard. Uh, I heard it from, oh man, what's the YouTube channel? He talks about game development. He has a, he speeds up his voice, extra credits. He made an entire video about a great channel, made a video about uh, indie developers and people just getting into video, you know, into game design and all that kind of stuff. And the big takeaway that I took from that video was fell faster. And mm-hmm. it's so important because the faster you fell, the faster you're going to learn what doesn't work. And then the faster you're going to get better. And the faster sure. you get better, the faster you're going to make better videos. And then those quality videos can be put out a little bit quicker. But then if you're still just working about worried about the quality, then during that time that like like Aiden said that you're not uploading the videos, you are finding out better ways to share your videos, like he said in marketing, because if you want to grow and you want to have any kind of um, and you want your videos to be seen, which is I don't know about you, but as a creator, we always want our stuff to be seen. <laughs> um, <laughs> then you've got to make sure that that's also a big focus because you can make Marvel cinematic masterpieces you can make, you know, the next Disney animated film, but if you are not putting it in a place for people to see, then it's not going to go anywhere. Right. You can't have an ego about it, I think, especially mm-hmm. when you're doing the quality route. And it's the same for right. quantity, but really, really, oh, for especially sure. for quality. You cannot have a big head about how great you think your video is, especially when it might turn out and not perform well, you know? And especially right. when starting out and your version of my best video ever might just be average or even in some cases bad to the general YouTube public. And that's okay because Mm -hmm. you're going to improve and you're going to get better. And the second month's video is just going to be like two times as good. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. But like Zach said, if you're doing the creative route, um, you have to fail faster because of the fact that you're not putting out eight videos a week and taking a little bit longer to sort of learn that process and improve, you kind of have to catch up a little bit in terms of time. So I like the idea of failing faster to sort of to sort of catch up to all those people who are mm-hmm. doing the quantity game who may take a little bit longer to know how to improve because they're still posting out all these videos, you know? I really do think if you're in the in the quality game, anytime you're not working on that video, uh, should be time management and then probably number two, uh, self-improvement is learning how to make the next video even better while you're working on video one like that that meta right agreed 
you are you are already done so much research and so much knowledge and sure you may not be proud of that first video but you move on right away you have all the knowledge from the first one and you go ahead the cool thing about the quality strategy and one of the benefits of it is you get to reflect a lot quicker and probably a lot easier than I would say the quantity route gets to go. Because oh, instead of having sure. to look at 10 or 12 or 20 videos and being like, what was good here? What was bad? You have one video. You have one project. What did you learn from it? What did you do good? What did you do bad? How can you improve next time? You get to reflect almost immediately after it's out. And it allows you to sort of do better the next time, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So, definitely, yeah, fell faster is something I can agree with. I think on, on both edges, but, but quality especially. Definitely. The next thing I'd say is to learn as much as you can about SEO. Yeah. Because the, the more you learn about SEO, the less videos you can make. And obviously, if you're going the quantity route, I'd say also learn SEO because that's important. But um, if you're if you're trying to make the best video you can possibly make and you want it to be seen, if you can get that SEO going, depending on the video, you could get a lot of growth really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that'll that'll definitely help at the end of the day. I think a lot of people who might listen to this are being like, could could come out with the reaction of being like, wow, that's a lot more stuff, all right? That's a, that's a <laughs> lot more difficult uh, than the quantity strategy, you know? You're, you guys are making it sound like, like quality is not the strategy to go. It, it's a great strategy, and it's oh, one it that is. I'd recommend a lot of people taking. Some people think that they're good at quantity when really they should be working on that masterwork because they just literally have so much talent. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is, is that quality is a lot harder to achieve than quantity because of the right. things we mentioned before, because of the fact that it's subjective, because of the fact that it's a lot harder uh, to get your stuff out there, because of the fact you might not see results immediately. You know, quality mm-hmm. is a lot harder to achieve than quantity. Making your videos better is a lot harder than just uploading again. But I think something about the quality strategy that sort of has an advantage over quantity as a whole is that it can feel a lot more rewarding. Oh, for sure. When it finally pays off because you simply put a lot more effort and a lot more work and you've had to deal with a lot more hardships. I feel than the quantity uh, route goes, uh, is the quality route right for everyone? No, obviously not. I feel like a lot of people, you know, could probably go one way or the other. And there's those few individuals that can really do both. Um, Hmm. But there's benefits and there's weaknesses to both. And I want you guys to keep that in mind when you hear like, oh, quality sounds like a rough route. It can be, but it can also be very fun and it can also be very rewarding as well. Agreed. I think the other thing is, you know, when it comes to quality, make sure you're focusing mostly on subjective quality, which means you're putting the most amount of work into your writing, your scripting. You know, the way that you're portrayed on screen. It depends on what type of video it is. It is. It really does. But mm-hmm. make sure you're trying to bring the most value to the person that's watching that video and not worrying about the best camera or the best audio equipment or the best editing software because you're going to get really discouraged if you just spent $2,000 on equipment before you made your first video 
and then realize I can't make videos. Exactly. And, and it sounds bad, but it's, it's happened to people and it is, it really is. So, I I mean, that's just, it's just super important. Oh yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, but that's pretty much all I have in terms of, uh, in terms of quality stuff. Obviously that one's a little bit tougher to tackle. Simply because I feel like me and Zach are more leaning uh, toward quantity. Hmm. But a lot of that has to do based on the position we're at. I mean, I'm only a year and a half old on this channel. Obviously, I've done a lot more before before Blue Couch Productions, but I'm only a year and a half old on this channel. Zach's been doing this for six years. Uh, but I think we both still consider our channels young. I still think we consider our YouTube quote-unquote careers as being young. Oh, definitely. And like I said earlier, if you're in that young mindset if you're in that start, just starting out mindset you kind of do lean a little bit more toward quantity i'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. um so we're not favoriting one or the other i mean obviously there's benefits to both uh, but based on the position that me and zach are in we definitely sort of lean a little bit more on the quantity edge but hey there ain't nothing wrong with that for sure i i, I want to give like i guess because i think we're pretty much pretty much good with the topic am i right we're, we're, we're there. We're there. Yeah. I want to go ahead and give just a little bit of advice for anybody that's just starting YouTube because I don't want you to think, oh, I'm taking a quantity route, which means that I need to make 27 videos a week and it's going to be really time consuming and I have no idea how I'm going to sleep. I also don't <laughs> want you to think I'm going to take the quality route and I'm going to spend, you know, the next 120 hours a week on this, on a video just to get it as polished as possible. And I'm not going to get any sleep. I really think that your goal should be to consistently strive to do both. And that sounds weird. And I know we're talking about each of the strategies, but I, th- I think the way you win on today's YouTube because of quote-unquote oversaturation because of quote-unquote there's already a lot of big youtubers the way you win on today's youtube is by consistently growing as we've mentioned right making better videos eventually getting better equipment but that's not important right at the beginning just consistently making better videos and then consistently putting those videos out more frequently Mm -hmm. so if one video a day is too much, strive for three videos a day. Make that, I mean, not three, <laughs> not three videos a day. Strive for three videos a week. Right. Make that your goal. Or even if it, depending on the video, strive for one video a week. Especially if you're in quality, you know, in quality world, strive for one to two videos a month. And I promise you, the, as the more videos you make, the more you learn your processes and get better at those, continue to make those goals just a little bit bigger if you're doing one video a month you know in six months pull that to two videos a month and another six months pull that to four videos a month continue to try to get better at your craft because when it comes down to it it's not how many good videos can i get out more frequently it's how fast am i how fast and good are my editing skills or how good is my time management skills? How much time am I spending aimlessly on Facebook not contributing to my videos? 
how many keyboard shortcuts do I know in Adobe Premiere that's going to make this faster? You know, it, it's all these little small things. And the more of those things you get better at, the faster your editing is going to get, the better your, edit, your editing is going to get. And the more your channel is just going to grow. All the little pieces add up to a, a bigger picture overall. I think ultimately, uh, to quote unquote, settle the debate, quality versus quantity, which one's better? It's entirely personal, <laughs> yeah. right? I think that's the punchline here. <laughs> if you're in a situation where you prefer quality, then by all means, you go for it and you push that way. If you're in a different situation where you can't exactly make these really highly produced videos, but you can make a lot of them, then hey, uh, go for it. Is it a thing where you have to only stay in one camp all the time? No, not at all. Like Zach mentioned, it can be good to sort of mix and match both and even swap sides occasionally. Maybe you do mm. a quantity for a good year or so and you sit back and you're like, yeah, I kind of just want to get better at one video at a time. Then by all means switch. You know, you don't have to stay on one track the entire time. It's very much mm. personal and it's very much a thing that each of us uh, come to our own decisions on, right? Just because I'm in a quantity state now doesn't mean in the next month I'm going to be like, hey, I just really want to work on one video but do it really, really well. You know, mm -hmm. that can happen. And it wouldn't be bad and it wouldn't be the worst. I just have to know, I just have to put it in my head that because I'm going this route, that I need to know the strengths, the benefits, the weaknesses, and the downfalls of that strategy. Mm -hmm. That's what this podcast is about is like, sure, you can pick quality or quantity or whatever you want. But be sure that no matter what angle you're doing or what side you're doing, number one, it's personal. And number two, know the strengths and the weaknesses of both strategies. And, you know, come to your own conclusions and mix and match and just have a fun time overall. Right. A hundred percent. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you're, you're the one going to sleep after making videos and you're the one that's got to be happy with those videos. Right. So it's <laughs> nothing we can say can change that. <laughs> right. It's so much more about self-awareness than it is anything else. And when it comes to growing your channel or getting more views or, you know, making better videos, like being proud of your videos, being proud just, of yourself, <laughs> like it's about self-awareness and the market, the people that watch your videos, as long as you make good shit, people are going to watch them. Right. Like you'll, people will find you eventually. <laughs> so the viewer does not care about what strategy you pick so long as you're providing them content. You know? Exactly. So long as you're providing people what they came for, whether you're doing long form quality or a lot of videos quantity wise, you know, they'll ultimately mm -hmm. just be happy with what you provide and what you do. Because we mentioned this a thousand times. Ultimately, if you're doing this right, they're going to care more about you and not just the videos or the platform or Right. The other 18 million little detail building blocks that we'll probably get into, <laughs> whether that's the algorithm or something else entirely. Uh, who knows? Mm. But yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah. I still say do both. <laughs> do both if you can. If you're, if you're you a can. wizard, yeah. if you're a wizard and you've mastered both and you're able to like put out really mm. good shit, like once every week would be ideal, I think. Once yeah. every week, you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. That'd be great. Right. I think at minimum, like, once every week would be kind of cool. I know some people mm -hmm. are, can only do one a month, and, you know, that's cool, but mm -hmm. you want to improve. 
I think that's an interesting thing with both strategies that you want to constantly be improving, right? Right. But improvement is so much important. You it's know, the key it's, to both. It's yeah, the key to both. It it's is. just how they go about doing it is different. And that's why I say it's so much of a personal thing mm -hmm. because the improvement, that growth, all that sort of stuff, it's, it's in yourself. Self-reflection. Like that's Self super important. Like spending like spend like 30 minutes every week just like doing some self-reflection and thinking about things mm -hmm. and figuring out like what you're doing good and what you're not doing so good. And whether you're uploading a video every single day or a video every single month, like spend a little time every week just kind of seeing what you've done better at and what you need to do better at. That's a that's a good bonus life tip thrown yeah. in here. <laughs> at literally everything. Exactly. All right. All right. A little self-reflection goes a long way. Hmm. Agreed. But yeah. Crushed it. You that's ended the I debate. Got. It's over. It's over. <laughs> We're done, YouTube. <laughs> we there figured we it out. I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll take my Nobel Peace Prize now. Just uh, <laughs> just deliver it straight to my door. That's like one of the biggest debates yeah. done. Like that. I mean, that what were people even Nobel talking Peace about? Prize. We figured it exactly. out. Exactly. What's the big deal? <laughs> The, uh, the Middle Eastern debate? Nah. Quality no. versus quantity. That's the big one. I mean, we <laughs> we are called the hottest YouTube podcast for a reason. It's exactly. for Come together and, and figure exactly. things out. Exactly. Shout out if you know that callback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real. Yeah. You ready to get into that uh, those comments? That sweet, sweet comment section. Now, I know you read some of them last time, mm -hmm. so uh, I'm going to read a couple. All right. Just a couple here. Uh, which, which, which group are we starting with here? Uh, let's start with why community management is so important. Episode 7. Episode 7. Probably, probably one of my favorite episodes all around. Not going to lie. It's pretty good. All righty. Let's see. We got a comment here. One comment from the patient. Which equals to about three comments. Pretty much in actuality. Looks like <laughs> looks like she got two likes. One of them's for me and Zach hearted it. As well so as a two paragraph reply. But I'm going to go ahead and read this here. If okay. anyone needs a marketer, HMU, I can do that shit easy. And you don't got to thank me for all those things. I enjoy them and I want to do them to help and do what I can. But thank you, babe. And then there's like a little, little cat face. Little cat face hearts. <laughs> I don't understand that one in particular. I'm I'm, I'm not internet aware. <laughs> I, I, I'm not either, but it's all good. Just one thing I want to hit on is Discord's being available through Patreon. I think one of the better things about a Patreon server over a public server is that very large public Discords get very hectic and very disorganized. So actual communication through them can be quite difficult because of how many people are talking at once. And it can become like a stream chat. I also think... And in parentheses, she says, might be wrong. But there's a member limit on servers, which is somewhere around uh, 20,000 to 30,000 members. So there's also technical reasoning. Those very large public servers do go offline and have technical issues more often than the smaller private ones. It does also give an incentive for people to actually donate, which can kind of be seen in both a positive and a negative light, depending on your point of view. And then in parentheses, although I personally struggle to see the negative side. But there you go. Okay. Thanks, patient. Thank you for the comment, as always. Yeah, it's a great comment. Um, just to like mention what she's talking about. Last episode, we were talking about 
how Discord is a great place for you to bring people together on your YouTube channel for a community. And we mentioned how some of the bigger YouTubers are making Patreon uh, a private Patreon server as part of their one of their Patreon rewards. So if you donate five dollars a month or donate a dollar a month, you get to be part of the private Discord. Whereas channels like mine and Aiden's, we just have it open for anybody and everybody to join. Yep. But yeah. So it comes with its benefits and stouts. I, I agree mm-hmm. with a lot of what Patient said there. I hadn't really thought about like the technical limitations. Um, I hadn't either. That was really Because it's like, I don't imagine point. myself preaching 20 to 30,000 people on my own <laughs> Discord server. I'm like, that'll never happen. We're, we're good. Mm-hmm. Problem yeah. solved. <laughs> I do wonder if, like, as we get bigger, though, one one day, if we'll make our Discord more private, um, you know, just depending on how many people are in there and whether it gets too too crowded to talk and all that kind of stuff. I'm curious. Sure. We haven't reached but, that point yet at all, in case you yeah, couldn't tell. But, uh... <laughs> I don't have to worry about that today, so I'm not even going to really right. think about it today. That's but something we'll keep in the back of our heads. You never know. Yeah, for sure. Might come up later on. But interesting thoughts. Thank you very much, Patient, for yeah, the definitely. comment. But that ain't the only place yeah. we got comments. No. We got like four or five. <laughs> yeah. On our little uh, Vidme shuts down extra soap. Extra soaps always seem to do well in the comments. I don't, I don't know. Do. Yeah. Bitchu may have had a good part <laughs> in both of those. Uh, Bitchu had a little bit to do with it and then you know. just trending topics. Right. Is that why? Is that why we do extra shorts, extra episodes? Maybe they're not as you know, three and a half hours long. Right, right. That might might have a little <laughs> bit to do, just a tiny bit. But we got yeah. a lot of comments from the from the Vidme one. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to read some of them if you don't mind. Yeah, no, go for it. The first one is from our boy Dark Kirby fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Who says Vidme wasn't stable enough and was riddled with bugs? I can't. Mm deny or confirm that because like i was not on vidme for a long enough time to truly experience it uh Mm -hmm. i very much put videos on there but i wasn't exactly a viewer per se so i don't know if like their video player or anything like that was like a a mess although if it was that would explain a lot i guess (laughs) yeah i didn't spend a whole lot of time on there viewing anything just because everybody who's on youtube um (laughs) uh you know the whole elephant in the room but it seemed to have like they seem to have some issues every once in a while with certain things. Um, I, I don't think it was completely not stable. I think that it definitely had a lot of potential mm-hmm. in the long run. But if if bugs were a big issue, then that is probably one of the reasons why they shut down. Though they kind of mentioned exactly why they shut down, and I right. It was, right, you would have solid enough reasons where it's like they wouldn't lie about that. Right, you think they would have mentioned that one. Of being like, mm-hmm. yeah, our video player wasn't the best. Or maybe that was like a pride thing. Maybe they're like, no, we're not yeah. gonna Who knows? But I don't know. I agree with you. Yeah. I felt like it was it was very it was a very honest um little reason for why they shut down and it kinda seems bizarre that they didn't mention it. And then again though, right. I wasn't a viewer um than me, so I can't disprove no, or no. prove this guy. So thank you for the mm-hmm. comment though. Yeah, for sure. Next up is by uh Joey Matt. Who says, I hadn't been a member of Vidme all that long, but still think it's a shame it's not going to be around no more. Sad face. Sure, they made mistakes along the way, but I still thought it looked pretty promising. 
And I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I it was also very agree. promising. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've talked to... Oh, go ahead. What a level-headed comment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a couple of bigger, bigger people, uh, one of them being Roberto Blake recently about it. Um, and he, I mean, he kind of saw that Vimy was going to fall early mm-hmm. on just because they marketed themselves as a competitor to YouTube and because YouTube is so big and because there's no foreseeable downfall of YouTube, even with all the problems that YouTube has, like YouTube's still going to be pretty big for a while. Um, he thought that the fact that they marketed themselves as a YouTube competitor wasn't particularly smart. <laughs> and I agree. I agree with that. Like that's fair. Um, because every other marketed as a YouTube competitor has fell. Um, but I did think that everything else that they did in terms of trying to promise a free speech platform and trying to make sure that creators got what they deserved, it was pretty promising and it looked good. And like, sure. I like the way Vidme handled pretty much everything that they were able to do. Right. I mean, they've so, yeah. been stealing information. It looked pretty polished for the most part, especially compared mm-hmm. to Pitchu. Uploading yeah. videos, pretty easy. All you had to do was post a link. You get made mm-hmm. and made uploading videos fairly easy. Um, but then yeah. again, like, I think, I think ultimately YouTube is going to kill itself before another competitor does, right? Yeah. And the scenario that I picture YouTube going down, it's going to be something that YouTube does, right? It's not going to be like, BitChute's going to get so powerful that it's going to overthrow it. It's going to be like, oh, we hit the, we hit the nuke the site button. Darn. Mm. You know, or. Yeah. <laughs> they screw up so badly that they're like, yeah, they're not coming back. Exactly. And again, it's very hard for me to see that in the foreseeable future because like going into 2018, YouTube is going to be like, it's going to overthrow Google as the number one search engine. Did you know that? (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's that big as much as it's kind of not doing so much for the creators right now. Mm -hmm. um, In the grand scheme of thing, they're grand scheme of things. They're not really going anywhere soon. So maybe next year they'll, they'll make a profit. Maybe yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe that'll be a <laughs> treat. Yeah. But thanks, Joey. Yeah. Boy sure. has 700 subscribers. You noticed that? I saw that. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Got some good gameplay stuff going over there. I plan on checking out a little bit more. Hey, I see. All right. Mm-hmm. Next up is a comment by I'm Liney Damps with a Z. That's how you know he hip. Uh, Hell yeah. Who comments? <laughs> That's why I stuck with YouTube. And I want to read this comment chain because that kind of ping pongs back and forth with this man. Yeah. I want to read read the, the back and forth. Zach replies, you made a good decision. <laughs> and then Damps replies, of course, yes, I sure did. But I've tried Vidme and it's not as good as YouTube. And I did come across with harassment videos and all that on there. Zach replies, that makes sense. They wanted to have a lot of free speech implemented, so I can see that. I think Vidme had some good things going for it, but at the end of the day, they still had a lot to learn. Damp's response. Yeah, just like I said, I'm glad I've turned away from VidMe now. And I have admit it, I'm not lying. I was going to scrap my YouTube channel to move over to VidMe, so I thought I'll keep my YouTube channel just in case. Well, jeez. <laughs> you imagine? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> he would have had a completely different comment. <laughs> yeah. YouTube is always going to be the biggest platform. Zach replies, YouTube will always be the bigger platform, but I do think the alternatives are good and healthy as a creator. Plus, let's be honest, everyone uses YouTube, so if you gain followers from other platforms, like Vidme, 
they'll probably move over to YouTube for you as well. But a mm-hmm. nice little discussion going there. What, yeah. were, what were your takeaways it from it? What were your takeaways from our good boy dance? I thought it was interesting that he mentioned uh, harassment videos. I mm-hmm. thought that was super interesting because, like I said in the comments, Shane, that they have a lot of free speech implemented. It kind of makes sense. It's like, bitch, shoot. They're still so small that they have that kind of stuff on the front page. Right. Um, which is probably turning away a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it makes sense why that can turn away people. Right. You know, if there's something you don't agree with, you probably don't want to stick around there too long. Um, but I didn't see it as much. And I, don't, I, don't, I guess I just didn't look in the right places for it. But that was interesting to me. Sure. I mean, on the one hand, like, BitChute definitely does have an image problem. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. if this stuff continues and they get to be a big enough state, you think YouTube's having advertiser issues? Well, BitChute's got a whole other thing coming for it, right? Yeah. Um... But on the other hand, that kind of is the image they want. I mean, obviously, BitChute keeps speech, retweeting yeah. a lot of that. They keep trying to <laughs> pipe it up. They're like, hey, YouTube doesn't do this. So at the same time, they got kind of like a, a little bad boy angle going on, you know? Yeah. This ain't, this ain't your, your grandma's video platform site. This is where all the the hip freedom fighters go to, to post videos, you know? And mm-hmm. apparently VidMe had a little bit of that image problem, too, if if what Damp's saying is true here. And if that's the case, it really doesn't work for a brand like VidMe just because, like, they really didn't market that whole free speech side. Or if they did, it, right. was, it was too late. It, it, they didn't market it a lot. Right. Um, they they kind of mentioned it here and there. It's like well, we're you know we promote free speech. Uh, it was one of the reasons. One of the reasons they created it was because you know the family friendly stuff was coming around on YouTube. Uh, this is like late 2014, so not too long ago, but still, like they were wanting a creators only you know a creators first platform, not advertisers first platform. But exactly. they forgot to. Exactly. But what they forgot to like realize was, oh, in order to get advertisers involved, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's what ended up killing them at the end of the day. Yeah. But uh, thank you for the little comment, Shane Damps. Appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And then last but not least, we have one more comment by, I'm going to say Eplix Pro. There's no I. It's just E-P-L-X Pro. Mm-hmm. So uh, he left a comment, or or she, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not shaming. Uh, well, if you think <laughs> about it, you have hundreds and hundreds of videos that are just uploaded from YouTube, then I don't see how they could keep its bandwidth. And then you reply with, that was the biggest reason they couldn't keep up with the overhead. Add those enormous costs with advertisers not being able to come into play, and they were basically doomed. Which we kind of touched on in the extra sode. Right, that's why I went bit. ahead and commented it back. Right. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of bandwidth. <laughs> it's not a problem I can I can up and solve. You know, this isn't like the quality quantity thing. This one's a little bit a little bit tougher. You know, mm. and I forgot to mention it in the, that episode, but uh, it's one of the reasons that um, BitChute is able to run the way it's running because it does the peer to peer thing. It does the exact same that torrents do when downloading things, so it doesn't have to keep anything on their website. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 very interesting in the in the long term there because they're they're probably going to stay around a lot longer than you know Vidme did. 
So the overall vibe I get from this uh, comment section. Oh, we have one more. Oh, really? I had all of them. Oh, no, that was all of them. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I got another comment from another video earlier. I thought Uh, it was the same one. No, I think I got them. Yeah, you got uh, all of them. The overall vibe I got from this comment section is that uh, apparently we were were very uh, unaware of where VidMe was heading. If this mm. comment section is uh, is truthful, then we are led to believe that this was something that a lot of people saw coming for a while now. You know, that's yeah. that's the vibe I get from this comment section. It's like, oh yeah, they went down from this, or oh yeah, that wasn't too surprising, or oh yeah, that's why I stuck with YouTube. Like I feel either a lot of people saw it coming, or they're trying to humble brag and be like, yeah, I knew that, and then really didn't. <laughs> Uh-huh. I've seen some people do that. It's very weird. They're humble bragging about it. But then I've also seen like some people on Facebook that I've been talking to about it and some comment sections that, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it just it just makes a lot of sense. I'm still very curious to see what they're planning on doing next. Exactly. I, I mean, it, be a, a I think it just comes down to is like we weren't on Vidme enough, at least not as not as a viewer and didn't really see a whole lot of the creator. I mean, we saw the opportunities, but really didn't have a ton mm. of time to take advantage of them, partially because YouTube was taking our focus in one form or another. <laughs> right. So. And, you know, maybe in some self-reflection, maybe we should have spent a little bit more time on it. Obviously, it wouldn't have helped us in the terms of Vidme. Right. But maybe the next platforms that we look at, BitChute being one of them, maybe we need to spend a little more time as a viewer on there, see what mm-hmm. people like, see what people are into, um, so that we can kind of figure out how to be more successful on those platforms. Uh, yeah, I think I think my eye is definitely glued on to BitChute right now. I think it really mm-hmm. is. Um, I'm interested to see where they go. I'm interested to see how they respond, if they're even going to change anything at all. If they're going to try to capitalize and how BitChute grows is because it's so early and so young. But I think mm. right now it is, quote unquote, the competitor at the moment. Uh, aside from the obvious ones that we've been mentioning, like Facebook, Twitch, you know, other social right. medias. Right. right. Those those are obviously the big competitors. But in terms of video platform sites, per se, BitChute's kind of the, the holdout right now. Do you think we're going to see any more, not even competitors, but video platforms come to play in the next next couple of years? You think anybody else is going to try to take a stab at it? You got to wonder if like this trend of video platform sites shutting down, if Vidme doesn't become an anomaly and that just sort of becomes the trend, if mm-hmm. all these big companies and all these people funding projects like this are going to realize that it's just something that isn't profitable and YouTube has taken up so much of the space... That right. nobody even bothers attempting it anymore. And it's just going to be mm-hmm. like, all right, you either get your video on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or you come up with a new so- social media app altogether, right? I think right. the idea of a quote-unquote video platform site might be dying a little bit. Uh, okay. And Vidme, if Vidme is just the anomaly and it's just a random thing that happened, then fine. Okay, prove me wrong. But like yes. if this continues to become a trend and we keep seeing more and more people fail and it becomes a little bit harder year after year to compete with YouTube, at least on a quote unquote video platform level, hmm. I think the best chance anybody has of competing with YouTube is not by copying them, but by doing something different, right? 
of course by doing something like live streaming by doing something like having a facebook community behind it right the days of just building a vidme and a bit shoot where you can just host videos isn't enough anymore it might have been in 2006 7 8 9 10 11 but i think we're just too far in and i don't think there's enough demand for it at this certain point maybe a controversial thing to say i don't know but those are my thoughts at the moment I think that's interesting because when you look at Twitch that started as live streaming, now they're allowing you to upload their videos, you know, your videos on there as well. When you look at Facebook that started out with social media and now you're able to put videos on it. And then you even look at YouTube. It started out with just videos, but now you can live stream. Now they've got community bars for uh, people with 10,000 subscribers or more. They're continually, you know, one upping the things you can do on YouTube as well. The fact that there's not as much demand for a another video platform is very interesting. All right. But then I'm also wondering, are we going to have somebody come come out of nowhere and look at what Vidme did, look at what other, you know, other failed platforms have done and be like, okay, well, we can learn from their mistakes and do better. I wonder if that might happen. I think there has to be a new angle attached to it. I think it has to be something that YouTube hasn't tried yet, something that they can market as an advantage, Um, something different from just being able to post videos. Because, again, I think the idea of just a video platform site in and of itself just isn't enough. I think a great thing might be like, what if a video platform site focusing on VR comes out and they make it really easy to upload like VR videos and that becomes a trend? Wouldn't Mm. that be cool? I mean, we have yeah. companies dipping into the idea, but no one's gone full-fledged into it. That would be kind of a True. unique angle, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, BitChute's obviously trying to stand out from the crowd by being the, the free speech one, right? Like, there has mm-hmm. to be an angle to it, I think. Um, which may be a sad thing, but, like, I was just listening to the H3 podcast before we started this, and uh, it had John Tron on this episode in H3H3 Productions, two kind of big guys that have been doing it for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they get all these complaints. They're like, oh, if you're so mad about YouTube, why don't you just go out and build another one? Yeah. You know, if all these content creators were so tired with YouTube, why don't they just leave? But we've seen they don't leave. Right. And the analogy that John Tron used to describe it, I thought was very interesting. You know, if you hate the highway, you can't just go build a road. YouTube has gotten to the point now where it's a utility. It's not just a a video site anymore. It's something that's necessary. That's part of the path to growth, right? You can't tear up the highway. You know, you can try something different, but you can't beat YouTube at at being the road. (laughs) You know, you can't, I don't know. It's, it's a utility at this point. It's, it's tough. I I agree. I mean, definitely. It it comes down to the fact that, like, if creators leave, more creators will come. Mm -hmm. If the audience leaves, then that's when going to another platform is a more viable option. Right. Audience is still there. Like, they're still going to YouTube every single day. If not, even more people are going to YouTube every single day. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, why would creators automatically just get up and leave? They're not going to get the same audience anywhere else. All right. I mean, we've seen people try it time and time again. They host their mm-hmm. own websites. They get a vid deal. They try Blip. Blip was a thing. Blip uh, was a thing. <laughs> they tried doing Vimeo. They tried doing Daily Motion. And time and time again, we see 
that that either doesn't pan out or that they still have to focus a good bit of their time and attention on YouTube in order to stay relevant, right? Exactly. Even when you're trying to be anti-YouTube, you still have to use YouTube in order to do it. You still have to use the Mm. platform that you hate day in and day out just so you can even make a possibility of living outside of it. I think it's gotten to that point where, again, it's it's too big for its own good. I think YouTube can potentially be overthrown. I think there can be some stuff done to change. I think they're already, you know, working on changes. You know, there are already people trying to mess with the whole demonetization crisis. There's already people trying to crack down on Elsa Gate. There's there's people trying to find out, like, how can we make it a better experience to be a YouTuber? And there's places like Twitch that are making it better just for everybody involved, right? Mm-hmm. Like, But it's going to get tougher and tougher as time has gone on. And, you know, when you don't have the funding of a big-ass corporation like Google, you really do have to stand out if you hope to compete. And I don't think oh, they definitely. did that enough to, to stand out, kind of tying it back in here. <laughs> Agreed. I agree. But yeah. Bit of a tangent, though. <laughs> Bit of a tangent, but I think it's good stuff. Right. Thank you, everybody, for the comments. You guys yeah. are awesome. You guys are Glad great. I see more people listening and everything. But if yeah. you want to leave a comment responding to our little back and forth debate, if you want to know, like, hey, I think quality is better, I think quantity is better, let us know down in the comments below. Also, if you want to comment on our little tangent there, uh, how does how does a website complete compete with YouTube? I want to know. I want to know how how would it be possible to compete with something as gigantic as YouTube? I'd love to hear your thoughts because after all, yeah, like Zach said, the viewers ultimately have the power, not necessarily the creators. So, what would you, the audience, want to see from a quote unquote YouTube? Uh, competitor i think that'd be yeah. really cool question of the day let's let's start doing that okay if you're my mail i'll try to remember it i'll try to remember to do so as well but yeah question okay. of the day that'll be good but yeah um like Aiden said comments are always welcome if you have any things you want us to talk about in future episodes any big topics or anything like that let us know and if you're a creator or an entrepreneur or somebody that just really loves YouTube and ha- think you have some insightful stuff to talk about on here, let us know and we'll try to have you on it because we're trying in 2018 to, to get some guests on the podcast. That'd be really fun. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Damn. But uh, other than that, um, you know, thank Smash you that for... like button. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Smash the like button. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Um, I'm working on getting the last two episodes out on iTunes. So if you've listened on iTunes and you're like, where's the last episodes? Um, I'm sorry about that. Unfortunately, the the podcast place that I go to put videos on or podcasts on iTunes, I have to split the, the episodes up because sometimes they're so long. It's Aiden wants a three and a half hour podcast. We did it. Um, <laughs> we did it, everybody. So, but anyways, that's all I got for this week. Yeah. Cool. Well, I've been Zach. And I've been Aiden. And we want to thank you for listening to this episode of another YouTube podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.